Hey, hi everyone. This is Ruchir Arora. I am the CEO and co-founder for College Deco. One minute, stop. Ready? Hold on. Let's do this. This could be a great intro. Hi, I am Akshay. Hi, this is Saurabh. And you are listening to the founder thesis podcast. If you take the example of the higher education space there are multiple large unicorns like Baijus, Upgrad and Vedantu which are chasing the test preparation market. They help students to prepare for the entrance exams of the top 100 colleges in India. But did you know that India has more than 50,000 graduate and postgraduate colleges and there is gold to be found by working with the 49,000 colleges that lie beyond the coveted first year colleges. This is the opportunity that College Dekho is tapping into. Ruchira Rora was working in the education division of Hindustan Times, basically the division that helps colleges to advertise themselves in order to attract students, and that is where he hit upon the idea of building a digital first content-led platform that would make it easier for students who are applying for remaining 49000 colleges to research, shortlist and apply to the right course and college for them. This idea grew into a full stack business that today has an admissions division, a learning division and a study abroad division. And investors love College Dekho which helped them raise a massive 35 million dollars in 2021. Here's Ruchir Arora telling Akshay Dutt about how it all began. So I got a finance job Hindustan Times at that time was starting this tech company called Firefly Ventures, which was very similar to yeah what India Times did and Times of India did. And I was one of the first few employees. My role was very similar to not only do financial planning and all the finance work, but also to look for opportunity which we can acquire, invest, stuff like that. So we used to we was working with the CFO very closely. So yeah, so that sort of really helped. And interestingly. so we used to go to the board meeting present annual reports quarterly reports again got to meet very senior and very sort of respected folks in the industry and learned a lot from them and then in one of the board meetings we were trying to say what can we do in education and that's where they said why can't obviously we had built jobs which was shine.com and we had plans to build other properties as well and then education came in and we said which you are closer to and we were trying to acquire an asset or let's say invest in an asset in education so you are close to that business my boss somehow identified and i'm always very thank that this guy can maybe do business and outside of finance so he said why don't you start something and we'll see how it goes in fact he also told me that if it works i'll hire a ceo for the business but you make it work so <laughs> and that was very essentially very honest and humble of him like times of india hindustan times essentially what they did in their online expansion was make classifieds online like correct, property correct. listing or be in job listing so was it the same idea with education yes so if you look at classifieds there are typically five classifieds jobs property marriage auto and education right so these are the five main and every day you get a supplement of each one of them obviously there are players in jobs there were players in real estate there were players in matrimony auto was upcoming sector it was not that big at that point and education was something which was quite wide open at that time so we started a classified portal very clean classified portal we called it we used to call it st campus and then st campus grew in the i banned it for about 3 4 years it grew what is a classified play in education i am not able to visualize is there any global example classifieds in education is what like listing i am offering tuition classes or i am offering this course in btech is that what it is or Yeah, so the classifieds is a very established play in higher education. Okay, typically, what happens in a classified portal in the digital domain is you essentially get traffic by putting content, which is typically a classified website would do. And when you get traffic, you essentially you are focusing education content, so you get education-related content, and then you sell either the branding on the website for eyeballs, or you also sell the inquiry that students make on your portal. So let's say I am as a student coming to website and saying. i find this course interesting can you help me find an engineering college so you sell this data 
you sell this data to colleges. And again, across the world, there are various examples where you have very large classified portals. And this was about 10 years back. So at that time, some of these things were very hot, right? That's the business had not matured to the transaction level. It was still very focused on eyeballs and CPCs, etc., etc. So we started this website called HT Campus. At that time, there was this one such portal from the house of InfoEdge, right? Called Shiksha. And that's Shiksha, yeah. So Shiksha is a classic example of a classified portal. And we started and it grew very fast. And when I left, I was essentially trying to do this and also integrate print with it. Because obviously you can see that same customers overall put together globally. The news print was losing its, let's say, losing its flavor in a way. It's still, for example, I understand in Hindi vernacular, bed, our print is rocking. It's one of the best. But still, it was losing its flavor, especially with a lot of audience because of people like you, podcast and news channels, and 24 <laughs> hours, and, app and Facebook, 24 hours availability of news. News is all about you. People really are consuming news online and more Correct. personalized. Yeah, yeah. More yeah. personalized, more online. And then, so one challenge that people have globally faced is what should be print tomorrow morning? Because everything that you print has already been out there. And so we tried to combine print and digital selling in education and that's what I was looking after. What made you want to leave? Yeah, I think overall, I think I had a great experience there. I, a lot that I learned was what I am today is thanks to people at Hindustan Line and the senior management there. But I think one thing which I always had this, that I want to do something on my own, right? Even in Hindustan Line, the good part was that the ST campus business really incubated. So I did a lot of work there. But then I had some different idea of executing it and I always wanted to do something on my own. And I said, if I don't take this risk now, I'm like already about 32, 32, no, 35. And if I don't take this risk now, then it's not happening. Okay. This is the last chance. At that time, there were three interesting things going on. One, somehow I, I could see that in this in- internet industry and investor domain, I really liked that part. So I could see that maybe ISP degree is not enough. So I was trying to go to US to do an MP. An additional MBA. Okay. That was one thing which was going on. Second, I had a very advanced offer letter discussion with the really big daddy of internet. That was going on. And then this was going on. And then I finally said, all the other two things can still happen after two years, but this can't. <laughs> so, so if I wait and take something else, then I'm getting back to the rut. Okay. Now I still find jobs very exciting, but yeah, I don't, so I always thought that let's try and see if we can do something. Then I met someone which led me to meet who's the, and this was in the planning stage. And you already had an idea of what you want to do? Yeah, I had an yeah idea I've always had, but I didn't have the guts and the money. <laughs> so let me tell you the macro of it and how I reached the idea. So India, there are about 10 to 11 million students who go to colleges every year. Okay. Which is by far the largest. As of today, about 40 million, 4 crore students are studying in colleges. Singhi, India is also a country where the number of colleges in a country is the max, the largest. Okay, So we have 53,000 college degree granting colleges in India. Okay, 53,000. So just to give you a comparable, US is roughly about 20 million or students studying in colleges. It has 4,000 colleges. Okay, India has 440. And 53,000. So it's crazy. Also, interestingly, 70% of all enrollment share went to private colleges. Okay. This is another distinct feature, which is the government decided that the country is large and we need private participation in that. And we'll get the frameworks, let the private parties run it. Right. Now, interestingly, so this is on the macro side. Now look at me as a student. I came from Mirad and I could relate to a lot of this. So if I'm amongst the top five students in my school or class and loves me. Okay. Everyone says that I want to help this guy. He will go to IIT. I'll have my poster. Someone will write somewhere that this guy did great. And he's a poster boy for the school. But from, let's say there are 50 students in a class from number, roll number six to 50, nobody really cares. And that's where the problem is, right? Because that's where the confusion is. This is the student who's coming from a small town. Is probably not, uh, he will not get 99.99 percentile to make it to an SRC, SRCC. And he's confused. He or she is also unaware of what his, cap- what his or her capabilities are. 
and i used to get a lot of these calls from my friends and families and very consistent questions that you know what i could not make it to iit yet i want to do engineering and it's an important decision in my life how should i go about it it's very difficult and again same thing you can know almost everything about the top 100 colleges the moment i ask you what is the 101 college right what's the infrastructure right what should you do to choose this choose this college it you again go blank so that was the problem statement that i want to solve and the second thing that i felt that and you always kept reading about unemployability and the people are not employable etc so i think that's so what is a is the end result right first of all the student probably should have never been an engineer should have been maybe a journalist or a social media influencer or there are tons of new jobs new career opportunities which kids don't even know of. so that's so it starts from there i was a great journalist but my dad or my mom forced me to do engineering because that was the only thing that we knew then you go to a college which probably is also lagging between industry and academy in curriculum also the higher up you go the more complex subjects become for example getting a good engineering design professor in a small town will always be more difficult because you have people sitting in in the, yeah so you are essentially saying the pipe itself is a bit of a problem right one you didn't know which college to go to then you went to a college where the curriculum was not the best or a bit compromised and that resulted into unemployment so my take is that if you want to correct that let's correct the pipe first so that's so we so want to build a complete ecosystem where not only students can get discovery but they can also get help while they are studying in college so they can take classes they can see subjects doubt resolution all of this and i want to keep this portal free of cost for students that was my take and we got great success so we started in the first year we made tons of videos of colleges put in a lot of content got amazing traffic you just spent on this content from your pocket was it bootstrap yeah so i was initially we were bootstrapping it and then i met amit who's the founder of cardico it's an interesting story amit anurag founders of cardico so i wanted to start the company at a very different name i had a different name in mind but then we met amit liked the idea because he was doing something similar with cars he said i love the idea i think it can scale very well would you want if you're okay i'm happy to put in money from the group side and he also said that you should take this name college dekho because dekho has been lucky for us <laughs> so i actually officially bought the domain name from him and obviously traded that and then we started then we renamed the company to college dekho and amit had done a little bit of work on the college side already so we got advantage of that like he had a database of colleges yeah so he had yeah. some database he had some content so it did not take us a lot of time plus i was coming from a similar background so i knew the what all levers you need to pull this so after leaving the job working for a startup in between for 3 4 months then i started college dekho obviously with sort of initial seed money and that's because of that seed money we could put in a lot of content we could hire resources the good part was i knew how to monetize it so i knew how to monetize it so we created india's first common application form where a student who comes to our platform he wants to apply to colleges he they don't have to go to 10 places they can just click on a button add colleges courses and then apply it automatically goes to all colleges side right? to integration everything yeah everything there's a whole nine yards so you can shortlist you can apply you can pay you get a receipt from the college you can also get an offer letter so the entire thing was happening on the platform and the students could essentially use this application and show to colleges that we have already applied so they don't have to go to this sounds a bit unfilm familiar now but at that time colleges were still accepting demand drafts okay <laughs> paper forms yeah paper forms and 2000 this is and this is not 2000 this is like 2015 16 right even 16 16 17 i knew colleges were sending paper forms send a demand draft and they will send you a paper form you fill it and you are that so all of that was still happening and this sort of came as a fresh to a lot of students so we got a lot of traffic the common application form when, when did you launch this 2016 yeah okay. like first in the within a year of launch within yeah within a year of launch and the content which you put up uh, how did you monetize that was it like ads yeah mostly ads yeah mostly ads we start we also started selling some inquiries of students etc over a period of time but then we pivoted our model completely to applications and admissions so our model was that students can find it convenient to apply through us and we will get paid for that application and obviously if someone 
from that application ends up taking admission, then you know we make a transaction money out of it. So basically, we moved the entire classifieds model to a transaction model. Did you move to transaction model? Like sixteen, you started the application form. Yeah, if that, I end up sixteen. Yeah, okay. I think that itself. So starting of transaction model was from when we launched a common application. That's when we did that. What is the economics of that model? Like you charge a convenience fees. Like how say I would use book my show to book a ticket in a cinema hall and I pay a convenience fees or something like that. Or? Yeah, yeah. So in this case, we don't charge anything from the student. For every application, the college pays us. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So students, it's free. It is, in fact, cheaper for them to apply through our platform than it for it is for them to apply through college. Sometimes because we have aggregated payment gateways, so there are payment gateway, there are offers, and we aggregate all the offers which the students can get, which a standalone college cannot do. A lot of times, it is actually cheaper for them to use our platform and convenient than use that. So first year, I think only about 50 colleges agreed to this and we did a thousand applications, but still. And these were uh, private colleges, essentially. Yes, mostly on our platform, we have private and semi-government colleges. Right? We still don't work with any fully aided, let's say a government college because government colleges have their own processes, etc. So we became a channel for these private colleges to get more applications in more convenient way and then in a more sort of the same. So this is how the journey started, 50 colleges on one side about a thousand applications and it's kept scaling and last year till December last year we did about 125,000 applications on the platform and roughly close to about 25,000 admissions out of that yeah. And how many colleges now except the common application form? 1500 colleges in India and we are scaling this number uh, as we go. My, my take is that we should very close soon reach about eight to 10,000 colleges. That's when the choice for the student will be complete. Right now, we have we work with, again, just the tip of the iceberg, right? Only about 1,500 out of the 50,000 colleges that we can work with. So I want to reach the 10,000 mark very soon. But obviously, we are growing as we speak. Till then, the company was actually very bootstrapped, right? So we didn't, before this, we did raise a lot of money. We were essentially mostly healthy, EBITDA profitable sort of a company. And was so the revenue only on application? You said on admission also you got a revenue. What was that? So let's say you applied and then, uh, so one, we will make money on the application and then you ended up taking admission in the college. So we acted like a admissions channel for the admission for the college. So we got paid X amount on application and then Y amount on admission. So, and that admission amount would be much bigger because yeah. the college is earning quite a bit. I think there is this whole industry of admission consultants, people who go and get students for colleges and drive their enrollments. So essentially you made that into a digital process. Yeah. And that's a, and you brought in an amazing point, Dakshay. I think very few people in the country are actually aware that how big that industry is. It's of the last count that I know, there are about 10,000 such people, okay, doing up to 25% of all Indian admissions, right? So 25 25 to 30% of all Indian admissions means they're doing 30 lakh admissions a year. 30 lakh, so higher education is roughly a $70 billion fees market. So talk about, so these people are essentially contributing to almost 30% of that fees. So almost, yeah, so that's the kind of scale. And these are in, again, small towns. Okay? So you will not find such people in Delhi. These are in places like go 100 kilometers from Patna, go 100 kilometers from Guwahati. Meret would have someone. Yeah, Meret would have, Meret had one. So I remember a couple of my sort of friends and there was one person who used to help with admissions in Maharashtra College. That time Maharashtra used to take another outstation candidate. And this was this person who used to help us fill the application. And we were paying him, not knowing that he's getting paid from the, the college as well. So Meret had tons of them. And I had seen this firsthand. And unfortunately, people don't realize that how big the impact of this is, right? Because end of the day, a consultant would typically work with even one or two colleges or three colleges. Yes. So when he yes. goes to the student, he will essentially only tell him about these two, three colleges. And sometimes the knowledge is very compromised. It's all about relationship, going to a hundred, going to a Bhagalpur and then trying to do this with students nearby. It's like selling insurance. Like you it's like selling insurance, right? I have with Correct. an insurance company. Correct. Correct. And whereas what we wanted to do is that we want to actually put the wide worldwide open to the students and say, okay, here is the list of colleges, right? Which you can do research. However, if you want to apply, there's a small segment of colleges which we work with and you can apply with them directly. So on my portal, college, 
we have information about 20,000 colleges. We have videos of thousands of colleges, right? All of them may or may not be our partner. But if you want to have an ease in journey, here are a bunch of people or bunch of colleges where you can essentially apply through us and make it very easy for you to take admission. So we are essentially, so you are right. So we are trying to target that category. We are trying to target the consultants. We are trying to say that this, the impact of this can be very big, right? So the impact of the fact that the students are now, especially tier two, tier three kids who are not able to make it to the top hundred colleges. They are now have the choice to select and with the knowledge of whether they want to go to this college or not. So that's one thing that we're very passionate about. So we started with discovery. And that went on for some time. Then we did a small acquisition in the study abroad space. I think typically what colleges pay about 10% of first year fees or something like that for the admission consultant. Yeah, somewhere in that range, right? Roughly about 25%. So it depends on the course. Every course carries a different this thing. But you can, on an average, it's about 25% of the first year fee. Okay, okay. And this would help you to fund the content. Like video, you were making videos which... How did you scale up making videos? Because these are colleges spread across the country. and yeah, We just travel city by city. <laughs> okay. 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 Right. And colleges gave you permissions and all that? Like you were able to? Yeah, because see, the say, end of the day, the colleges are also on the same side of the problem. Because they also don't want consultants representing them in a wrong way. They also don't. They also want to showcase that this is why... We've invested 100 crores, 200 crores in creating such a large campus. This is how our placement is. This is how our faculty is, etc. So they also want to be out there and talk about themselves. So we didn't get any. In fact, they were more than welcoming when we went to shoot these videos, talk to students, etc. So that was not a problem at all. And do you have like user-generated reviews and rating and stuff like that to help students get a crowdsourced opinion or feedback on the college? Yeah, we have, and there are sections where the students can do that. But what we've also witnessed is that you'll have to create an ecosystem which is away from bias, right? And education on a scale is a very different... And let me give you an anecdote on that, right? Why we are not very active in, in doing this. So we did a study where we tried to find out about information about a college in the, let's say, 200, 500 range. And they said their aspiration is to go to IMs because they are studying in a smaller college, etc. And we did the same thing and spoke to some of the college students in IM. Right? This was an independent study. And they said, we are not very happy. We want to go to Stanford. Right? <laughs> but, so it's a, so education is very, you realize very soon in life that this is what sort of where you stand. This is what would be best for you. Unfortunately, those societal pressures create a lot of problems. Right? It's not the individual. I always, for example, I re realized and a lot of my friends went to do bio and stuff and I realized I can't do bio. It's not in my, and a lot of my friends wanted to do commerce because they realized science is not their cup of tea. They just can't understand differential equations. But I loved that. So it's, so you, as a student, you realize this very quickly. There are tools to re make you realize this. But however, the societal pressures essentially tend to make a big dent there. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And do you also serve vernacular content? Uh, because if you're targeting tier two, tier three, then maybe English would not serve their purpose when they're researching or because it's video. So you don't need to do vernacular. So there is a lot of written content also. Right now we are not doing vernacular because again, it's higher education, right? So higher education, you are probably most of the courses are running in English. So you need to have that kind of issue. So yeah, in primary education, vernacular will make more sense. But in higher education, I think we're still limiting ourselves mm. to this. Got it, got it. Okay. Do you give a judgment on a college like this rating? This is the college's rating. Or do you just present information without judgment? Say like Wikipedia, for example. We just present information without judgment. I, but the fact that the college which is right for you might not be right for me. Again, as I said, someone studying in tier 2 college, IM was an aspiration from IM. They said, we are stuck at the wrong place. We need to go to Stanford. So for us to do that judgment is very difficult and we don't want to go there. Any sort of judgment, good or bad, will essentially bias the decision. Whereas you, so for you, so we will essentially, we just present the information. We just tell the students what questions they have. And we try and present it in as fair, as neutral manner as we can. And the student can then take a call, right? At least... They know what they're getting into. They can see four, five, six choices where before they can essentially make that decision instead of just 
one choice which is typically available to them with a consultant If you like to hear stories of founders then we have tons of great stories from entrepreneurs who have built billion dollar businesses just search for the founder thesis podcast on any audio streaming app like Spotify Ghana Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show You told me that there were like two three things which were motivating you to start one was that process of discovery second wants to fix the pipe and improve employability so how does this fix the pipe like fix the college quality of education to improve employability yeah. so first is you are good at design so go to a design college right don't go for engineering that's the first problem that's the first problem to be solved the second problem is now you are in a engineering college which is or a design college which is essentially not at the best of the not in delhi let's say or not in jaipur slightly interior and there are lots of students who choose that because of various reasons right personal professional lots of reasons why they would want to study in a local college and not go outside the city so we started something called college they could learn which was essentially a very simple in curriculum subjects right so we are not teaching we are not fancy ai data sciences or machine learning we don't do all of that we are saying okay you are studying in bcom first year can we help you with financial accounting can we help you with audit courses can we help you with taxing taxes uh, courses with taxes income tax courses so that you are able to get the best of the faculty from across the world or across the india despite you being in a smaller town to learn right and again we are teaching you in curriculum so unless you because that's where the foundation is being formed if i'm not good at class 8 decimals or class 5 decimals i it become very difficult for me to get so where your professional foundation is being formed is there and so we have we've started that college they could learn about 6 months back right now we are doing courses like communication skills income tax financial management engineering design and lots of these host of courses through both passive and active learning so there is self paced videos which students can come and watch free of course we post a video on youtube every day where they can just go and take the lecture and then there is assisted learning where someone will teach them if they want access to the that faculty doubt resolution sessions etc etc again very rudimentary very basic very first principle not i am not trying to take a tier 2 student and then try and teach him machine learning so unfortunately whether we like it or not everyone promotes to us parent that your kid can go to iit but that's That's, and that's what people think that maybe we find missing something maybe he can <laughs> maybe as a parent it's not possible it's difficult someone has academically behaved in a certain way throughout his or her life now in class 10th or 11th if you put him to rigor he may or may not and it only lead to only send him to a quota or something it only lead to some heartburn so we are not making that claim we are not saying we are saying that let before this kid to be ready to do machine learning let him understand fundamentals of computing or what the what is taught in his class because curriculum has been designed in a certain way lots of lots of people have put in huge since the people in education government have put a lot of mind behind what curriculum should be it might be lagging the industry which i which can be the opinion but at least it makes your foundation strong and that's where right, you can right. grow i think there are a lot of companies chasing that coding education space but there are not too many who would for example be looking at helping a bcom student so yeah. that space is pretty wide open i think we are the only ones if for, i haven't come across anyone yet but i'm sure there must be but at this scale we are the only ones and we are getting i must tell you we are getting amazing response okay we without even starting we are teaching 1000 plus students now within a month or so so we're getting amazing response because we are again first principle very basic fundamental need of a student i help me first let me graduate okay first let me pass with the decent marks and i will go to a aid so that's second part of the pipe and part of the pipe is obviously we are now also when we see the student so it starts with how are we helping students take admission right and then we know so much about the student that he's studying in college x in second year and data structure is a problem so let me teach him data structure or give him online classes or let him come and take it on self second once i know that this guy knows data structure then i have partnered with likes of the some of these coding companies etc where we are saying okay here are students who are essentially now right in their fundamentals and now in final year looking for jobs so can you either help them with jobs or see if they need more further skilling 
that is something that we are not doing. We are just partnering with companies and helping them connect with the student. But that's how I think the, that's how I see the problem to get fixed. Right? And if we still think that they need a coding intervention or a skilling intervention, or they can find, I would be very happy if we can put the foundation in place and then they can find a job themselves. So if I can, if we can keep them tally and they can find an accounting job or if we can at least help them make discovery that, okay, that you can do an MBA or a MCOM or stats or you can go abroad. But the take is that I, we want to live with the student around, across his journey. We want to be in a place where not only the, there is realization in the parent's mind that this is a science, not a hunch on where your kid should go to, or which course you could, should take and then also help the kid along the path, wherever he or she faces a challenge. If they think that my, my physics professor is amazing, I don't want to talk to him, but please study with your physics professor. However, if you think your chemistry professor is not that great, there is college they go where you can come and take these free lectures and get your doubts cleared, etc, etc. This is what Czech does in the US? like Similar to that, yeah. I think we'll be very close to a Czech or a what Sikh does in, in Australia. Very similar to that. Okay, okay. And this is like free to use or I'm guessing that there would be like a freemium model? Yeah, it's like a freemium model. So if you just want to understand some concepts, you can just log in and then start watching videos. Not a problem. But if you want assisted learning, one-to-one -one learning, you need, then you have to pay. And that's how the model. That's like a marketplace model. You are like no, this uh, that is content. Unfortunately, we couldn't find anyone with college course, so we are creating it. <laughs> we could find a lot of people with this skilling courses, data sciences courses, and other tally courses. But when it came to foundation of how students study, we couldn't find anyone, so we are creating a lot of this content on our own. So you would be like finding people, training them, making sure comp skills are in place and right, then right. letting them earn through the, so like they are able to earn an addition. What a tutor would earn generally, they can replace that offline tutoring with this. Yeah, typically, see offline tutor is, tutoring is actually cheaper, right? So typically if a student is studying, let's say Delhi University accounting, right? That's a big course that happens in Delhi University or economics. There are hordes of people who teach and study economics and accounting in Delhi University. So they would typically pay about 1000 rupees to 1500 rupees a month and it's a two, three month course. So they end up paying four, 5000. And, but they teach 20 people in a batch or 15 people in a batch. Right? So online, obviously they make per hourly, right? So they end up making more money sometimes the tier of 1500 to 2500 depends on the complexity of the course but they can teach for a long period of time and then make that money also so online so for from a teacher's perspective i think online is just a boon right because now you don't have to be in delhi you don't have to rent that expensive place yeah, to yeah, teach. yeah. a lot of our teacher comes from tier two cities where there are great colleges and there are teachers who can essentially teach and make a living which is more than also i think one thing which is very important right is See, and I'm not trivializing the problem, but I'm saying that concept teaching from class nursery to class eight or nine is very different from concept teaching for an engineering student. It becomes very complex, right? So you are talking about higher order mathematics, higher order physics, etc. So the number of people who can actually teach also reduces. Yeah. And as you go more complex, it will keep reducing because not everyone can teach some of these specialized subjects. So what we need, we do a lot of effort in getting this and standardizing this. And the more complex it becomes, the better sort of reception it gets from the student for the lack of better work. So engineering, drawing, I know when I was in first year, I had a problem. I had a big problem with engineering, drawing. So we had to request our professor and he was great guy in engineering drawing. So we had to request, sir, can we come home and you can help us. So this is when we went to the top-notch college, right? The Amongst the A category college, amongst the top 20 in the country or 15 in the country. And you had amazing professors, huge facility, 400 acre campus. Imagine the same kids doing engineering drawing in a small campus in Mirad. It becomes difficult. Or let's say go further away. Bareilly, it becomes even more difficult. So that is the problem. That's the problem that I want to solve. The consistency in quality education for higher education. Somehow we happen to stumble upon that problem while everyone is busy on sending kids to IITs. So we are trying to do that. <laughs> what is the pricing model for the student here? Oh, this is the full course will cost you something like four or five thousand. Yeah, very similar to an offline okay. coach. This is mostly, this is all personal hours up to 20 okay. hours of 30 hours of learning. And you can actually go back, check videos, do assessments, all of that also. But the see again, 
I my take is that I want to reach the Bharat. Okay, that's how we, that's the attempt that we are trying to do. Whether we are successful or not, we'll come to know. But for now, that's what we are trying to do. And even at this, we are able to maintain good profitability. So the fun is when we'll teach two hundred thousand students at one. That will be the fun. <laughs> right now, we're teaching about a thousand. Okay, and so this you will go like subject by subject, degree by degree, state by state. Because each state would have a different course. Each degree in it would have a different requirement. Correct, but it's very. It's a, that's another interesting point. So UGC has a model curriculum for almost everything, right? So everything ends up being a subset of that. And frankly, some of these institutes, like smaller institutes, they try and omit courses, then add. So if you teach a model, because see, let's say again, all respect to these sort of institutes, but let's say if, if there is a very tough subject right so they lobbied some sort of thing that okay ye to exam mein important i can i say in hindi but anyway this is not very important nah, nah, you can use it it's by ye to exam mein important nahi hai isko hata dete hain padhai so it's actually not very different so if you take yeah, accounting yeah, courses yeah. across the country it's the same it's just that some concept might be taught in first month of the some concept but it's very yeah so that's something that we witnessed that almost 90% overlap, overlap in all courses yeah there's a 10% difference but we have a model to solve that also when we do one on one doubt resolution sessions etc then uh, some of these problems are taken care of yeah but the idea is go degree by degree subject by subject so right now we are catering to engineering and our approach has been i know it's a bit convoluted but what we do is we talk to students and say ye sabse kharab ko lagta hai you don't tell us which you like which you hate And we yeah. do a this yeah. sort of uh, survey of hundred students, and wherever there's an overlap, typically there's a ninety percent agreement. Right? Okay, I hate engineering drawing, so they pick up engineering drawing and then help. So our take is that we want to approach it from a different sort of angle. We're saying that let's solve the problem with the student in terms of where they find the most difficulty, and then obviously you can create a big business on top of it. And this is like an exam-oriented course. The goal is to help them get a decent score. Foundation exam again. Exam is a. I I know we are obsessed. We are Indians, right? Obsessed like with traditional offline tuition is totally exam oriented. Correct. But yeah, so we, we do exam also, but we do a lot of foundation level assessments also. We put some gamification that if you do this, you cross a path. If you do this, you cross a path. But a lot of foundation because as you grow, and I'm for example in engineering, we did maths one, then we did maths two, then we did maths three. Then we did financial. So this all grows on you unless you have clarity of class twelfth maths. You can. So if you don't know how to do in calculus, you will never learn how to do engineering maths. See, since you focus on that, you understand the foundation, and then obviously everything can be built on top of it. And you would have a proper LMS with a journey for the student. Yeah. Well, chapter two, chapter three, and assessment after each chapter, like right. the traditional edtech. Course, correct, correct. Like yeah, un- unfortunately, nobody builds an LMS, right? There are so many companies nowadays. So, <laughs> right, 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 yeah, so right. we have an LMS which we've partnered with someone uh, again, uh, and we use that LMS with the journey of recorded lectures and all of that. And we are putting a, as of today, we are working with a lot of professors to record a lot of lectures. We are also actively looking for hire, acquire a few companies in this domain. Unfortunately, we're not finding many, but yeah. But the idea is that we will uh, next few months. There is going to be a lot of focus on this. While our admission business is growing, we did twenty five thousand admissions on track to do about fifty thousand. So that business will keep growing. It's a we are an established player. People know us, colleges know us, students know us, etc. But this is the next part of the pipe that we are trying to solve. And I think once we do this, then it's very similar to Chegg or a Seek in Australia. Hmm. And what about discovering what is the right course for you? Do you do that? Psychometric assessment, yes. Career counseling. The so we have a free psychometric test for students, which they can take. It's a small psychometric test, but it will give them an indicative idea of where they want to be. And plus, we have a set of counselors who also help students in some of these discovery questions. And it's a and there's a lot of technology automation that we've done. And because it's a complex, again, it's higher education makes it people have the habit of making things very complex in higher education. So, for example. In Delhi University, every year there's a different cutoff. Every year there's six cutoffs, right? And then, just an example: if you are a Kashmiri Pandit, then you have an extra credit. If you are a state player of cricket, you have an extra credit. If you are athletics, you have a different way of credit. So what we've done is we put a lot of these rule engines in our system, 
where our counselors or students can essentially just go and query the system and get answers. That has been our sort of endeavor for the last four or five years is how do we take this very uh, limited knowledge, very personal knowledge and create a knowledge graph out of it, right? Where some of these questions can keep getting answered themselves. Because one, one very important characteristics of our space is that parents keep changing, teachers keep changing, students keep changing, questions don't change, okay? Questions are the same. My kid has 90%, should I go to XYZ college? Then the next year, the same parent will ask, the different parent will ask the same question. My kid has 92%, should he go to XYZ? So what we've done in the last three, four years, we put in a lot of knowledge graph, a lot of these conversations on, on uh, in our databases where some of this can be automatically answered and catered to. So like it's self-service for the student, there'd be some sort of wizard which would ask them, what did you score and your subjects and... Self-service also, and they can call our helpline also, and we have people who can help them. A lot of times, again, this is what we've seen in our country, people want to hear a voice, want to have that reassurance, right? So they can just call our counselors and they can help them with the college answer. So we run helplines. In COVID, we ran our helpline helping students with uh, with depression cases, etc. In around need, IIT exams, 12th exams results, we start these helplines because people feel very depressed. We have our own counseling desk, which can help students discover, take a psychometric test, etc., etc. So the idea is that you are talking about a 16, 17 year old and suddenly a lot of pressure has come on his or her head. So how can we just help them ease through that process? This helpline and this counseling, is this a paid feature or is this free? Free, everything. Because this would lead to admissions. Correct. So, so it's like Correct. top of the funnel expense for you. Top of the funnel, yeah. yeah. This is the, mm. yeah. For students, I till now I've been successful in keeping everything free. So hopefully we will have <laughs> <think, laughs> keeping it free. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Except for uh, the... Ethics. Except the learn. In learn also, for example, I said there are tons of YouTube videos. If you go, if you want to learn fundamentals of computing, taxation, etc. So there are lots of videos which you can go and revisit and learn or self-paced and they are free. They're out on YouTube. They don't have to come to our website. But yeah, if you want an assisted learning, then there is this need to pay. Okay. And are you also into recruitment space once they finish no. their degree? No, no, not right now. We have our high school. <laughs> <laughs> we have our high school, yeah. Got it. What about the study abroad product? Like you, you were just starting to talk about that. Yeah, no, study abroad. So I think if you look at our company, there are three pillars. One is the domestic business, which is the admissions business and where we help colleges and students with discovery. Then there is this learn, which is getting established, but has already started playing a big role in the company. And the third is the entire study abroad. So study abroad actually was very incidental to us. So we got a lot of students who said, can you give us options going abroad? And till about two, three years back, the cost of education in India was rising, especially the private education. And the cost in, of education abroad is actually coming down, okay, or at least very stable. And then there were avenues like Germany opened up education and after Brexit, UK opened up certain things and things were very positive. In fact, Canada became a very big destination and a lot of students started asking us, yeah, can you help us? India ni jana, we can pay, can you help us go abroad? So we said, yeah, why not? But we didn't have the skills. So we did a small acquisition in that space. We got the founders to work with us. Uh, Which college did you acquire? It was called Scholarship Facilitation Services. Okay. And this is like a digital company? Or this is yeah. like a traditional shop, study abroad shop. Our strength was we understood digital. Their strength was they understood the market well. So we came together. I think today, colleges that are there who are trying to recruit students from India, right? that's what they call. You will find them through direct or indirect channels. So it's not necessarily the moat anymore that I have so many dying. Yeah, it's not the moat anymore. You have likes of Apply Board for Canada, Adventus for Australia, through platforms you can use, or let's say, you what know, are these platforms? Apply Board, Adventus, they are so, like aggregators. They are like aggregators. So Apply Board is an aggregator for Canada, which means that they work with a lot of Canadian colleges. They have integration and they have, they are helping a Canadian college streamline their admission process because these guys are used to working with lots of agents in Indian Southeast Asian market. So a lots of agents and people like us use it. So they keep a part of that commission. So our take has always been that even in domestic, we could have set up a business where we could have passed on this data and lead like a classified business to the college and the college would have done this, but we don't sell data. Okay. 
we don't sell data we don't put advertising we try and control the journey of the student because that's how we can control the experience of the student and that's how we can control this for a longer term and higher ltv because then when we know the student has taken admission in a particular college with a particular course then you can essentially go and help him with that course in future but if you just pass it on to someone so it doesn't make sense so study abroad also we started with the same logic that we want to work very closely with the student and control this journey and not work with agents a lot of people work with agents so we don't work with any agents and uh, till 2 years back it was essentially doing amazing we were growing very rapidly but after covid that business has taken a little bit of a bump what was uh, the peak like how many enrollments have roughly about 1000 enrollments that we did yeah. we are back to that number now we are mm. i think close to doing about 1000 applications a month Okay. Uh, but again, from application to final admission funnel in study abroad is very steeply, right? So you have yeah, applications, yeah. and then only a few people will qualify IELTS, and then a few people will get. Then finally, only a few will get visa. <laughs> so the drop is fell. But we are doing about thousand applications, and we are still one of the largest in that space. Uh-huh. This is a pretty high touch business, no? So it's a very high touch business. It's a very long sales cycle, about mm. six months. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's from the day that student is interested to the day you get actual. It's almost one one and a half year, right? It's high touch. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. though, though, given the fact the opportunity is also very large, there is no way. Uh, the reason that we keep running is because we find the opportunity to be large, right? India is the second larger exporter of students after China. We all of us know, and it's very chaotic, right? A lot of these. So there are two distinct reasons why students would go abroad. One is very immigration focus. I want to go correct from settle abroad. So just. Uh, a lot of people from so telangana uh, punjab you find both people everywhere so you'll find people with for immigration focus people for studying focus but let's say these states have slightly higher immigration focus than education focus so that you have that kind of people and then you have general sort of students who want to really go abroad and study so it's still a and that leads to a lot of the smaller local agents right who are essentially helping these agents it's very chaotic right because again they will try and find a route for you to go abroad the opportunity is to consolidate that chaos end of the day and that's where the we find it's very similar to domestic business we are trying to put a lot of automation on top of it so that some of these things become more automated and self paced than high touch and that's our aim right otherwise we don't want to open 10 offices in every city and then behave that's not our dna i'm again not saying that's a good or a bad strategy but it's not in our dna our dna is automation tech solving the problem through through minimal intervention <laughs> yeah no it's hard to productify this because of the visa thing no you need to check each person's documents and you need an expert doing that and you do visa support in house or you work with an agent no we outsource again not something that we are an expert so we just outsource we just have a vendor whenever we get an admission we give it to the vendor and they manage the So it's outsourced. It's better to be outsourced. It's a very document-heavy. Each person has a different way to manage. So we don't we don't want to go there. <laughs> and the student pays the vendor directly for that visa. Yeah, yeah. The student pays the vendor directly. Yeah. Got it. Okay, okay. We've covered abroad. We've covered nerd. We've covered domestic admissions. Yeah, I think in in if you look at in domestic learn and admissions, there is and college. देखो sorry abroad. There is one horizontal product line that we work on, which is our finance business where. we are helping these kids with financing options so we are not an nbfc but we are working with a lot of nbfc aggregating them and because we have the student because we know that the student will need loan for going in india for going abroad or maybe studying some courses so there is a horizontal function that we are building which is around financing helping the students with financing so that's and we i think we started last year with done about close to about 2 3000 something or 2500 loans till now but it's speaking of very fast because again because we are able to control this journey of the student we are able to understand the need etc what we are working very hard is with some of these nbfc companies to improve their underwriting framework to write underwrite the real bharat it's easy to give loan to someone who's earning from a corporate but when it comes to a shopkeeper etc and i think there's great work happening there right there are lots of companies who are trying to do that so we get a lot of students who want to do bcom ba from a jaipur and then in these parents have shops and how do you underwrite the right education loan for them so that's the work that we are doing but i think in this sector per se there is amazing amount of work happening so we are just we just want to ride that tide you know a lot of lending is the flavor of the season and a yeah. lot of 
investment investor money flowing into that space and each startup targeting a different space so i'm sure they would be like education focused lending companies who would be yeah trying to unlock the pie and what is typically the amount of loan that these people take so india is 60000 average abroad is very subjective on the country but india is average semester fee is 60000 so you take semester by semester loan on a level oh, semester yes. is about 60000 So they're essentially like a BNPL. They need to pay sixty thousand upfront and then they pay it monthly. Something like a BNPL, yeah, yeah. So we are essentially taking the BNPL concept and took it to education. Mm-hmm. Got it, got it. Okay. And how do you earn from this? What if someone is taking a sixty thousand loan? What will be your uh, contribution to your bottom line? Very minimal, but our main purpose is actually that this enables us to do more admission. So while in this. in in this direct way we might not earn a lot but suddenly the distribution increase it helps in distribution so the suddenly the distribution helps us earn more yeah most bnpl costs are borne by the seller because it helps him increase sales so Correct. it's the same Correct. thing here Correct. so you are so while we make a little bit of money but not exciting mm-hmm. but the main part is that mm-hmm. because of this we are able to increase the distribution quite a lot Got it. Okay. So, what's your revenue number? What are you expecting to close this year at? So, last year the publicly available number is up to about fifty crores. Right now, we are trending almost four x of that. How did you get that four x increase? And especially fifty crores is already a big base. How did you get such a big boost? Okay, let me tell you two things. One, in terms of GMV, right, the value of admission that we'll we will be doing, we did last year. That was two thousand crores, right? Because we we just keep a percentage of that, and our percentage is only our revenue. Right? Roughly about thousand fifteen hundred crores is what the value of admission. And this year, we'll end up doing roughly three thousand crores worth of sales when it comes to admissions. I think the main thing is always right that we just realize that this is a very large market. We were limiting ourselves by own growth, making it bootstrap, not raising capital, etc. But then we went out in the market and raised capital, and that just helped us put more money. And the fact that our business is also because we get a lot of this traffic free, sort of word of mouth, so our cost of acquisition was very low. Even at even today, our business is about eighty percent gross margin, right? So we make eighty percent profit on every gross profit on every. admission that we do so the more we could invest the more we could grow the healthier the pnl become and in fact on this run rate we are a bit positive so yeah so all this capital is going to growth we have also done a couple of acquisitions we did one acquisition in a we acquired a digital marketing agency we also acquired this company which was very similar to ours called get my uni and they are also a discovery portal they also run a website called ielts material they are amongst i think the top 5 ielts exam preparation websites in the world and ielts is going to feed into our study abroad get my uni is just consolidation for our domestic business so between get my uni and college dekho we have almost 50% organic traffic of all college going students in india last year we did close to 5 million inquiries together and there are about 10 million students who go to colleges right so between get my uni and us we are already at a very decent pace and all of this keeps our cost of acquisition low so now get my uni will also have common application form and we'll work together while they will keep serving their clients independently because they are more classifieds and we are more transaction but but this sort of coming together just helps us consolidate the market yeah i think we were just we kept on doing the right thing actually i don't have a magic formula if you look into that <laughs> Kept on doing the right things, and it shaped up in a. So we were lucky that. How much did you raise? Uh, like when you decided to stop bootstrapping. So till now we have raised thirty, about forty million, in two rounds, and the last round was about thirty, thirty-two, thirty-three, about thirty-three million, which was just about three months back. Till then, you know, other than some seed capital, etc., I'm not going to count that. But till about four years in the business, when we were run rating at about fifty, sixty crores, hundred crores, we didn't raise capital. So we raised that in December. We raised sort of thirty-two million, and now from there to this, we've been able to double the growth to almost like four x or four. Wow. Okay. Okay. And so these funds are essentially for one is acquisition, second is spending on customer acquisition. Yeah, like not so much on customer acquisition. No, no. Okay. So yes, acquisition is a big part of our this thing, and I think we are done. 
we are in talks to do one more and after that we'll just consolidate and put the pipe together with space sort of that one more that you're requiring in learning space okay yeah some mm-hmm. someone who does classes for students in the learning space and we are also getting them for the platform and all of that so we'll essentially one is for that customer acquisition is not such a big deal for us because students are we are essentially generating more inquiries than what we can actually cater to we are short on the but yeah we want to have more colleges on the platform because that sort of helps us complete the marketplace so right now the marketplace is only one fifth of the colleges we want to have so that every student that comes to our platform gets an option so we want to spend on that and uh, all the money will so go that would be feedback street yeah so yeah, some feedback street correct and then this continuous tussle of making the product better and evolving the product and investing in technology and resources like that so all of that but i the main thing is that we want to put all of this sort of money towards growth right because fundamentally the business is at a position where we don't need money for sustenance we just need to keep pumping the growth yeah got it got it okay and you acquired a digital marketing agency that was essentially like for the talent of it or what was the yeah so there was more like an acquire hire so for the talent of it and also they had some so there are also some clients who would who want to help so this was at that time very opportunistic but it worked out very well for us around when the covid first wave happened actually if you look at the 53000 colleges only what 15000 colleges have their website okay this is that bad <laughs> uh, so we saw an opportunity where essentially we can cater to a lot of these colleges by creating the digital presence and that was a rush at that time because suddenly there was no other way for them to communicate and we found this company where we can get the talent and then create that ecosystem and we can actually target these long tail colleges and create a digital presence again we are focused very focused on higher education not this thing and obviously the talent was great uh, they could help us optimize our cost of acquisition even further so yeah that was for that for called unipro education and now they're fully integrated i think the founders are right, with right. us that's like a services business that's like a services business but again they're very focused on getting the first clients introduced to our system yeah to colleges in our system and then can we get them to convert into common application form so that we can do transactions etc it's a very different sort of client so typically we work with the middle tier today which is from 100 or 60 50 60 ranking colleges to about 500 to about 1000 ranking colleges and then there's a huge universe of 1000 to right 50000 where there's a big opportunity to create digital presence to help them with the website etc so yeah services business but more leading into our core business that's how right. we look at it. Yeah, these it's a better way than feet on street to acquire yeah. knowledge absolutely so uh, i want to discuss some ideas with you based on sure. our conversation would you look at an offline presence through franchises so you said punjab lot of folks want to study abroad and punjab is full of these small consulting companies who have one room offices where students come in these could get co-branded as college deco centers where the franchisee could take a share of the revenue and you handle the back end like they become a point of acquisition for you and they share the revenue yeah no my team actually came back with a very similar proposal last year last week and as long as we can control the student experience and it's just a is is just a student acquisition channel and the high touch point then why not but the idea is that the experience has to happen digitally it, this is just a <coughs> just an experience center in a way and then franchise is an easy route to go yeah why not we can look at we are actually the team is evaluating something similar okay, okay. it's something you are bullish on as a way to expand yeah you know, i think okay so as i said right out of 10 million students only about 25000 to get admission from us so there is still a big headroom on the digital side before we start experimenting with the idea but yeah for study abroad maybe this is an interesting way to go than completely digital given the fact that it's very high touch etc for domestic i am not so sure okay okay for study abroad And yes are you looking to acquire like offline tutoring companies like i'm sure there might be a tutoring player who's doing tutoring for college students focus on that space who could be an acquisition target yes we that we are looking at okay because like you already know digital and they would know content and how to teach so it would be like a good marriage correct that we are looking at that's an area where we again you know as i said the more specialized you get the difficult it is to for you to find teachers but yeah that's something that we are looking at 
got it. Okay. And I, this is just a thought which I have had for a while now. Colleges, when they are reaching out to corporates for getting the students placed, that is a process which is pretty broken. Each college sends a PDF with some <laughs> pages and there are photos and profiles of 150 students in that. There could be a product idea here for a college where they can invite recruiters to log on to their recruitment portal of that college and all students can create the profiles on the recruitment portal and offer management process. Like like that whole campus recruitment is a complex workflow which could be productized. Yeah, yeah you are right. And there are companies who are essentially trying to do that. And I think we will also look at it interestingly once we have reached a certain level of maturity in the learning part. However, there is a, how do I put it? So there is a big demand supply mismatch there right now. Some companies get, so it's, the productization idea is amazing, but unless the pipe is working well, the standalone idea is something that a lot of companies have tried because you'll hear the same opinion. I interviewed 20 people, they are not employable. So unless you are able to trace and trace and track the progress and the sort of knowledge of a student over a period of two, three years, that is when this idea will essentially work well. So yeah, you are right. We have that idea in coming time, but the, the, it has to start from where I came from, it's where I took admission. Yeah. Would you want to actually run colleges? Like, for example, there's this company called Sunstone, which has an asset light model of offering degrees. Like they, they manage, they take over the management of the college and run the whole curriculum and everything. So is that something you would look at getting into or... I don't find it asset light, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't think that's asset light. Management of colleges and deploying faculty, etc. is a pretty sort of tedious affair and you can go college by college. I think we are in a very two, let's say, slightly overlapping spaces, but in a very two distinct places. In case of college, they will have to still find new students and then tease them. We are where we already are doing 25,000 admissions. So it's a and we know where they're studying, what kind of courses they are doing. So our approach to this is very different. So we, our distribution for someone who does this model through offline will take years to reach a 25,000 scale. We are sitting at a, we are sitting at last year, we did 120,000 applications, right? This year we are trending to the about 3,000 applications, 300,000 and a half lakh, 3 lakh applications. Till now, we've serviced about 100,000 students. So I know so much about these students that I don't have to go to the college to know or recruit. I can all just have a communication or a dialogue with them or an email or phone call, etc. Where we say, okay, are you studying in, I know you are studying in second year law and or third year law and family law is a tough subject. Help, let me help you. So our approach is very different. They will have to go to a college and then acquire students, put marketing dollars, etc. For us, we have already done all of that. So we are just but now... Other way to look at it is currently you get 25% of first year fees, which is maybe of the total pie you're getting, if it's a four year course, so that like maybe 5% compared to that, there is that 95% extra, which you get. Yeah, but then we don't spend, if you look at a college PNL, right? You will seldom come across a college PNL, which is profitable. It will be very thinly marked, very thinly margin. So if then you have to do full that's why i said it's not asset light right? because you need to have faculty you need to have content you need to have distribution channel for content you will need to have placements you will need to have building management and tons of other stuff and then obviously the college will take its own share because they're giving you facilities so other than that we are saying here is a student we are sending it to you but if he finds any subject difficult we are there to teach him and we are making a 80 percent gross margin here Another zero CAC, this second sale is zero CAC. And from first year to first semester to sixth semester, hopefully he will take at least one course from us, not all courses. So you have a very longish CAC ratio. It's insane. It goes up like 18, 20. Is that insane? And that's why the business becomes so profitable. The key is as our sort of admission business grows, the everything else feeds through that and they keep growing. And that's completely asset. We don't need to teach anyone. We don't need to have faculty. We don't have to go to and so for that model we have to go to one college set it up then go to next college set it up go to third college set it up we are here in Gurgaon and we are able to manage like a hundred thousand students out of here so definitely more asset light and and I find more scalable 
And currently, I guess 80% of your revenue must be through domestic admissions or maybe more. 90%. 90%. 90%. Okay. Okay. And what do you see it, what, the mix, the revenue mix by say 2025? Yeah, I think our domestic business will still be the about 40, 40 odd percent contributor. I think our learning business should be almost 40% contribution. I so you don't have to go far. In March itself, learning is about 20% of our business. March month. Learning is, so that trajectory is amazing, right? So in March itself, we are about 20% of our revenue is coming from learning. And this over a period, and the way it is growing, and obviously the admission business is also growing 100%, but learning is just crazy. And I think by 2025, about 40-40 and give 15 or 20% either on study abroad or on finance and other verticals. So that's how I think this will shape up. You like the Founder Thesis podcast? then do check out our other shows on subjects like marketing, technology, career advice, books, and drama. Visit thepodium.in, that is T-H-E-P-O-D-I-U-N dot I-N for a complete list of all our shows.